Welcome back to another episode. This is the part I don't get. I'm Bay. And I'm Jay. And it's another Thursday night. Yes. What was that? British or Australian or It was a combination. A, combo. a combination. Okay. Maybe South African. <laughs> what was Perhaps. it that Leonardo DiCaprio said in the um, movie? In America you're all about the the bling bling or <laughs> yeah. Bang bang! Here we're about the bang bang. Yeah, I can't do I can't do South African accents <laughs> at all. Um, <clears throat> hats off to Matt Damon and that movie that he did. So, yeah. it's another week. Yes. I've been meaning to tell you this. Uh oh! I have become a believer. No, what? <laughs> I heard his new album is good. I well see the first song I I heard was Yummy and I wasn't a huge yeah, fan no. of it. I, I saw the name of that I was like, it's not really got my, to be kidding. It's not me. really my jam. But then the other song Intentions came out and I saw him on Ellen and she talked about his documentary. So she I looked loves it up. Him. They, she got him famous, right? Kind of. I feel like that's more Usher got him famous. Oh, okay. But, uh, she talked about his documentary. So he has a free documentary on YouTube and there's like ten episodes and they're all like. I don't know, like eight to ten minutes long, and like it talks all about him really battling his uh, previous addiction and lots of mental yeah, he health clearly stuff. He had an addiction. He got and, really thin there. Um, well, he has Lyme's disease too, oh. which and that can have um, make you depressed too. Probably. No, and, it really can. Okay, that's a fact. Okay. Okay. So it just like made me really like him, and then he keeps coming up on my Pandora, um, like playlist or my the station that i'm on which is i've tried i'm starting to listen to the which popular you know i'm listening All to right. the today's hit station i'm i'm trying well let's not forget our favorite <laughs> with john kingston she's indecisive oh i forgot she about that decide. song so i wanted to tell you that i've become a yes. believer oh my goodness i've joined <laughs> i've joined the group. <laughs> Well, you can relate to to the children now. Uh, hopefully, but I don't think kids really like Justin Bieber. Really? I feel like he's a little older. I feel Maybe like people teenagers. who are like in their early twenties are bigger into him. I don't know. But that was my news of the week. How was yours? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have anything that interesting. I you haven't. don't have any big balls to drop like that one. Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm just I... in my chair. <laughs> You know, Justin's always kind of been there. I like some of his songs. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't put myself at believer status. Okay. So. Yeah, I just, the documentary really made me like him more. Yeah. It made him way more relatable. So. Yeah. But I did before, I think you're going first, right? Mm-hmm. So before we get started, I wanted to do a little bit of a correction. We got oh. some feedback last Uh-oh. week, two, <laughs> maybe two weeks ago. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, I, I posted this on the Facebook and I think... On ins- you posted it on Instagram, but um, one of our, our fans, Chelsea Ann, pointed out that um, I, I misspoke in the episode about, about the microdosing. microdosing yeah. um, on the Goop show, they were not microdosing. They were taking a like legit a serious amount. So <laughs> don't try this at home. So folks. that's why they were tripping out Yeah, on the show. And then we also got some feedback um, about people that had experienced some more serious side effects from... Um, from antidepressants so i wanted to apologize if i came across as kind of i shouldn't laugh 
Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, this is like serious. the worst time for me to laugh. I'm sorry. No, because there are very serious side effects yes, to that's true. antidepressants, and I kind of minimize those, and I do apologize. I mean, there's serious sexual side effects. And I actually, I missed a few of my doses and I started having withdrawal effects and I was like, well, this is just karma. <laughs> so, yeah. So I didn't mean to, you know, in any way minimize yeah, that they a, do have serious yeah. effects and that it's just, oh, anybody can take it and you'll be fine. You know, yeah, it's, it's not, not a case. one size fits all for everybody. Yeah. Same with microdosing or therapy. Right. Or- yeah. You know, everyone's yeah. different. You got to find what what works for what, you. What works for you. Exactly. And that's why we like to have this podcast because uh, we like to explore the... Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not going to be right every time. Let's get right. real. Right. <laughs> not when it's not when it's you and I. But I'm me. I'm 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 glad people are giving us feedback now and Oh know. yeah, feel free. Please tell me when I said something wrong. Yeah, because that means somebody's listening and actually cares enough to let us know. <laughs> Two whole people. Yay. <laughs> we'll send you a gift basket. Uh, it's way more than that. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm going first and um I rewrote this like four times because really? I kept trying to make it shorter and shorter and shorter. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm. I love the way you're No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and like just like taking out things that just didn't matter. And so I could probably say this by heart now because I've said it well, so many times. Well, put the paper away. But oh, I am going to read it. Do you have pictures? I do pictures? have pictures. That's why I have so many pieces of paper here. Okay. Because I wanted you to really get the full experience. And okay. then I'll post the same pictures on um, Instagram as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Where did my Diet Dr. Pepper go? I don't know. You said you had it. I did have it. Did you put it in the fridge? I know. I'll just do this dry mouthed. <clears throat> well, try not to clear your throat into the microphone. I'll try and turn away. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate it. Every single episode, I have to clear my throat. I feel like I'm like, every time. So, um, have you ever heard of um, Diet Love Pass? No. I just, I didn't think so. I don't so even I know heard, what language that is. I already is. knew about this, but then I heard about it on, again, on My Favorite Murder, like, months and months ago. So I was like, yeah, this is a good one. Let's do this one. All right. Because <laughs> it's, Let's like, right up in. my alley. There's, you know, it's it's kind of, it's just odd. It's out there. And it's unexplained. So it's definitely, like, a Unsolved Mysteries type situation. Oh, okay. So um, it's, I'm going to say Dyatlov. I think that's how you say it. There are a lot of Russian words in this. Oh, okay. I was, so like, I was wondering what language that was. Please bear with me, or at least Russian names. So nine Russian hikers died in the northern Ural Mountains in February of 1959. The circumstances are very strange and uncertain, so much so that it has never truly been solved and it remains a mystery today. Dun-dun-dun. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the hikers were all from the Ural Polytechnical Institute, and they were all experienced hikers. There were eight men and two women. The leader was called Igor Dyatlov. So they were all together when mm-hmm. they died. It wasn't like separate incidents. No, they were all together. And so this hit- is why we don't go hiking ever. <laughs> okay, find another hobby. Um. So the leader was twenty-three. <laughs> like way younger than we are um and his his last name was Dyatlov so they renamed the area where they were eventually found after him so they in honor of him so they 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 call it Dyatlov Pass is the location where they were found um but Dyatlov is also a person so the overall goal of the expedition was to reach a place called Gora or Torten um which is a mountain and it was um six miles north of the pass of where they were found and side note it's also called dead mountain oh foreshadowing yeah that's oh already (laughs) called that before oh um 
creepy. At least from the YouTube videos and Wikipedia and stuff that I looked at. Oh, that's look what at it you said. Looking at videos. Um, there are so many YouTube videos about this. Um, so let's set the scene. Because <laughs> so far, right now, it's just not that out of the ordinary. There's n- they're like, what, don't, what doesn't she get? They hike, they died, whatever. People hike um, and die all the time. I know. It does happen a lot. Um, so let's give you all the gory details that makes this super weird Ooh, and okay. out of the ordinary. So they were all experienced grade two hikers at the time. So grade three was the highest certification available in the Soviet Union. So on paper, it seems like they should have been able to handle this hike. On January 27th, they began their trek towards Gora or Torten. And on January 28th, one of the members, Yuri Yudin, turned back due to knee and joint pain and, uh, He's the only kind of sort of survivor out of the the original nine. Wait, what year was this? I'm sorry. It was in 1959. Okay. So can you imagine being that guy? Oh, my God. (laughs) Dodged a bullet. But I'm sure he's got survivors. I would have been never so happy to have knee pain in my life. It's like a sign from God. Yeah. Yeah, survivor's guilt probably. So during the investigation, they found diaries and cameras and things like that at the campsite. So that's how we know... What happened before the incident yeah, it took place? Me of, uh, the Blair Witch Project or something. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't real, but I'll call call it the what incident an incident for now. Okay. So they accidentally deviated from their original course and ended up camping west of where they had wanted to. So that was kind of like the only off thing. Um, they decided to just camp on the slope rather than in the woods. There was a storm happening, and that's why they got deviated from their original. Uh, I guess. Path. trajectory path and um they thought well that was kind of odd a little bit maybe he should have camped um them in like the woods where there would have been shelter but that's the only thing that's kind of sort of out of out of the ordinary but they thought well maybe he didn't want to sacrifice like the altitude that they had reached at that mm-hmm. point um and go back down so they were supposed to send word once they were returned around february 12th and on the 20th relatives started to get worried and then they demanded that there be a rescue operation and at first it was just volunteers but then eventually it became the police and even the, the government the military yeah. became involved so what did the rescuers find and why is this story so out of the ordinary so their abandoned campsite was found on february 26th so only six days after the initial um rescue search started mm. their tent was badly damaged and weirdly appeared to be cut open by a knife from the inside Ooh. not the outside so it was as though someone was trying to get out and they instead of using the workable zipper decided to slice open the like tent. they were i wonder if they were like stuck in there somehow i mean it it appeared odd like the tent worked there was no real reason for them to do that the tents were empty all of their stuff was left behind there were no bodies at the campsite so eight or nine sets of footprints led away from the tent. And one of the weirdest parts is they all looked like they came from people who were wearing sacks, no shoes, or mm-hmm. only one shoe. So it might have been in the middle of the night. Yeah. In like an emergency. In like 12 degrees. Ugh. No shoes. Like socks. They were running. No. That's another thing. They were walking. So the footprints looked as though they were walking calmly Ugh. not running from their tent oh god I'm so that's chills. all they found at the site it was footprints for ev- that accounted for everyone in the party you're gonna have to walk me to my car later <laughs> just fyi because i parked kind of far away <laughs> so at the edge of the forest they found the first two bodies god bless me krivonashenko and doroshenko they were both shoeless and dressed only in their underwear 
The branches on a nearby tree were broken, suggested that maybe they had climbed up the tree, trying to look for something, perhaps maybe their campsite. Between that cedar tree and the camp, um, they eventually found three more of the dead hikers, Dyatlov, the leader himself, Kalma, Gorova, and Slobodin. Those three looked like they were like returning back to the tent based on how they were found. Um, Next page. So it took... so. The, that's the first five. Okay. And um, how were the, how did they die? Just they froze to death? So they originally felt like they had died of natural causes, like hypothermia. Okay. So it took two more months to find the other four hikers um, and the, the last remaining members of the group. They were eventually found in May. They were found in under 13 feet of snow, which isn't that unusual, yeah. in a ravine that was even further away from the initial um, the initial hikers that they had found. So three of those four did have more clothes than the others um, that had just been in their underwear. All of the first five were barely dressed, like barely dressed. So they either had shoeless, had one shoe, just socks, underwear, and things like that. So that's very odd for that location. So the other four had, or three of the new people found in May, they had more clothes on, but it looked as though they had been slowly taking the clothes off of others as they died and then putting their clothes oh. on them because they were found wearing clothes that didn't belong to them. Oh, and then one, uh, there were two separate, or might have been three, but two separate articles of clothing had been found to be abnormally radioactive. So two articles of the clothing that had been found on these four in the ravine. So apparently, so during the night, something caused them all to leave their tents and flee their campsite and eventually die. Once they had been found, it was investigated by the Soviet Union and was determined that six had died from hypothermia and three showed signs of physical trauma. One had a fractured skull, two Ooh. others had major chest fractures, and the body of one of the group was missing both of its eyes <gasps> and one of the victims was missing a tongue. Oh, my so God. They, oh, that's so creepy. Uh, so that's part of the reason why they don't understand what happened. So the investigation. This is where we get some of the better details. Okay. So a legal inquest started immediately after the first five bodies were found. Um, a medical examination found no injuries in the first few bodies, and they originally thought, okay, logical hypothermia, right? Logical conclusion. One of them did have a small crack in his skull, but it wasn't um, thought to be fatal. Mm-hmm. When the investigation of the other four bodies, those found in May, they discovered that three of them did have those fatal injuries. So the ideas about what actually happened started to shift from something naturally occurring, like plain old hypothermia, to something possibly more sinister. More sinister. Yeah. I actually wrote more sinister right <laughs> as you said that. You're so funny. Same wavelength. So one had major skull damage and two others had chest fractures, like I said before. These fractures would have been caused by a major force similar to that of like a car crash. Um, but these bodies didn't have any outside wounds at all. Like, no cuts, no scrapes. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like they had experienced high levels of, like, pressure Ooh. instead of, like, a direct blow. And it wasn't, like, an avalanche or something? <laughs> That's for later. Oh, okay. So all four bodies found at the bottom of the ravine were found near running water. So it has later then been theorized that 
that's why they were missing soft tissue like eyes and tongues and things like that in the youtube video i was watching it said that like the fact that the one female one of the two female camper or campers hikers whatever you want to call them were um missing the tongue and parts of her mouth and like they said that this has been like really blown out of proportion Mm. and made is part of the reason why people are so freaked out by the story but that the medical examiner didn't even really remark it as being that unusual so because we, of the water. So we shouldn't also read more into it than what it is. Okay. It's probably because of the water. Um, and they were under the snow for much longer than the other f- other five. So that's probably why. And they, they also were in think the water for animals while. could have gotten to them and eaten the soft tissue. Really? Like one was missing part of his eyebrows and like the skin on their face. Okay. So um, to me, that doesn't seem that weird. Yeah. So the, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> the weirdest part of the investigation and what I think makes it so hard for people to pinpoint what happened is that it was 13 to 22 degrees with a storm blowing at the same time. They were found only partially dressed. So some of them had only one shoe while others had no shoes and wore only socks. Some were in their underwear. Um, so that and, and the fact that the footprints, if they were read accurately, were them walking away from their tent. So that is by far the strangest part. That is the part that makes it super hard to understand what potentially could have happened to them. Unless someone, well, I'll let you finish. (laughs) There are many theories. Yeah. (laughs) So there were no, so this is like what we know. So there were no indications of other people being nearby. The tent had been ripped open from within, not from outside. Definitely. I don't know how they even knife. that. Like, this is like the way the fabric bend. Oh, okay. It's like when people like try and stage like break-ins and they yeah, break their it's so glass obvious. from inside. <laughs> I think it's kind of like that. So the victims had died six to eight hours after their last meal. Four had also died after consuming alcohol. Traces from the camp showed that they that all group members left the campsite of their own accord on foot. The fatal injuries of the three bodies could not have been caused by another human being because the force of those blows had been so strong and no soft tissue had been damaged at that time. So no cuts, no scrapes. Um, Release documents contain no information about the condition of the skier's internal organs. There were no survivors of the incident, unless you want to count Yuri. Three articles of clothing were found to be radioactive, but then they later discovered that... um, they weren't able to determine exactly how it happened, but two of them had previously worked in like nuclear power plants and areas oh. where there could have possibly been yeah. some sort of radioactive cross contamination. Like, clothes get radioactive? <laughs> I mean, it's Soviet Union, Russia. Yeah, that's true. Um, so the inquest of inquest officially ceased in May 1959 as a result of the absence of a guilty party. The files were sent to a secret archive and they were like kind of hidden um, under the Soviet Union control. But in February 2019, oh, wow. so last year, Russian authorities reopened the investigation into the incident. What sparked that? I don't know. <laughs> they were just, yeah, we'll, we'll check um, it out. So here comes the fun part the explanations and then pictures. So, people. <laughs> 
that was like an obvious like did somebody else kill somebody yeah. else so the there was initial speculation that maybe like the indigenous indigenous people that did live on the mountain i think they're called the mansai that's like m-a-n-s-i i think is how that's spelled mm -hmm. that are they're like reindeer herders um that are local to the area could have potentially attacked and murdered someone in the group um for like being on their land or something yeah. like that um, and then, unfortunately, several of them were interrogated. I can only imagine that wasn't a great oh, interrogation to be a part of. Um, but the investigation indicated that the, natu the nature of their deaths were just didn't support the hypothesis. Yeah, because they said there's no way a, a human could have done mm -hmm. that. But plus, all, only the hikers' footprints were visible. So they showed no, and they also showed no sign of hand-to-hand -hand struggle. Yeah, because there would be an extra set of footprints. Mm -hmm. Paranormal possibilities is an explanation as well. Of course. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so one former police officer, Lev Ivanov, who led the official inquest in 1959, um, was stated in a 1990 published article saying that the investigation team had no rational explanation for the incident and that after his team had reported that they had seen flying spheres and orbs in the sky um, and that the indigenous people, the Mansi, had also reported seeing like quote unquote fireballs in the sky or at least like orbs or bright lights um, that Lev Ivanov, the police officer, received direct orders from high ranking regional um, officials to dismiss his claim. Um, so hmm. that's a little odd. Yeah. Um, like you said, avalanche. Yeah. That was a possible explanation. This was the original idea of what could have potentially happened to them. They thought, so the theory behind this one was that um, maybe this is why they cut their, themselves out of the tent, that they had been in their tent while sleeping, so hence the lack of clothing. And then in an attempt to rush out of their tent, they cut it open. Um, mm. But then why were they walking? Yeah, that's the weirdest part to me. Yeah. I'm going to rush my ass out of this tent, but I'm going to take a little stroll once yeah. I get out. So that's a little weird. Like they were um, either someone had them hostage or mm -hmm. they were like trying to be quiet. Or like the ripping of the tent had nothing to do with it. You know, it's unfortunate, but we like Maybe the don't zipper know. got stuck or something. Maybe. But it's 13 degrees. Why would you permanently yeah. destroy your tent? And this is not the last night they're going to be out there. Yeah. So they were going to be out there for a little while longer. <laughs> um, so the location of the incident didn't have any obvious signs of an avalanche, though, that had taken place. Okay. And over 100 expeditions to the region have been held since, and none of them have ever reported conditions that support um, that they're... Yeah, like, was there even enough snow on the mountain? I don't know what conditions that might create an avalanche are but <laughs> apparently it doesn't look i'm assuming <laughs> snow yes yeah so um i don't know about that one but uh the next one is uh, the next couple are ones that i've never heard of um catabatic winds have you ever heard of that no okay i'm assuming so, it's a very bad form of wind <laughs> how would you have guessed <laughs> So uh, basically, it's like a drainage wind, a wind that carries high density air from a higher elevation, like the top of a mountain, down a slope under the force of gravity. So in 2019, an expedition made to the site um, was made to the site, and after investigations, they proposed that potentially a violent catabatic wind could have explained the like incident. A tornado or something. Like I that. guess it's kind of like a mountain tornado. Ooh. I guess. Um, so catabatic winds are somewhat rare, and they can be extremely violent. And this was found to be the reason why eight other hikers in a completely different location, but was kind of similar type geographical, um, why they had been killed. So mm. catabatic winds have been the result of other hikers. 
you know, meeting their untimely demise. But still doesn't explain the the socks. I I know, right? So that's what gets me. They think that, um, they think that a sudden catabatic wind would have made it impossible to remain in the tent. And the most rational course of action for them at the time would have been to cover the tent with snow so it didn't blow away, uh-huh. on which it was found covered in snow, and seek shelter among the tree lines. So they did walk towards the forest. And there was also, it's they called it a torch, but I bet you it was like a lantern that had been left on, on, turned on, on top of the tent. And they thought maybe, like, they had done this intentionally so that they could have found their way back to the tent in the dark, like, because of the light. Yeah, actually, that would explain the walking, because you probably can't run if it's really windy. And that's what I was thinking. It's like, you know, like, when the force is, like, pulling you back, kind of? Yeah. Like, maybe when you're, like, at the beach or something. But I don't know why they wouldn't put on clothes, unless the clothes got blown off somehow. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Like a strip tease. Yeah. <laughs> like in a cartoon. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. The next one was another one that I've never heard of. Infrasound. Um, so this is another hypothesis. Um, was that the strong winds from the storm could have created a vortex. That's a lot of science going on here. What? Um, that could have produce something called infrasound. Um, so infrasound sometimes referred to as low frequency sound that is below the lower limit of audibility. So I guess we can't hear it. Um, and hearing like becomes gradually hear. less sensitive as frequency decreases. So for humans to perceive infrasound at all, the sound pressure must be significantly high. Okay. So or sufficiently high. So I th- immediately I thought of like what they had said about like the pressure that could have caused those fatalities. Isn't it like a type of terrorism too? Or oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've heard of that for like. Um, like riots and stuff, they use sound oh, yeah. waves. Yeah. So maybe that might be part. I don't know. Maybe it's kind yeah. of sort of similar. So they think that if this did happen, it could have been capable of inducing panic attacks and cause physical discomfort and mental distress in the hikers. If they were in a panic, they could have wanted to leave the tent by any means necessary. So again, like maybe why they cut open the tent. But again, why would they be walking? When yeah. I'm in a panic, I don't know. And walk. how would they, that, that panic attacks wouldn't kill you, you know? Yeah. Um, but then, but then they think like, you know, so they would have left the tent, then some of them would have froze to death and the others, maybe they fell, um, to their death. I don't know. And then there was a storm. Yeah. It sounds like, well, they obviously got separated at one point because, you know, the four. And some of them had clearly turned, turned back. Yeah. Three of them had Did they back. interview the guy that survived and asked, like, what he Yeah, they thought? even created, like, a foundation um, in his name. Um, I don't think he's alive anymore. Either that or he's very, very old. And, um, yeah, I don't think that he has any idea. I think there are a lot of people investigated. Yeah. So the last two, military testing, potential government cover-up. Eh. So... <laughs> People love those. This is the one that I actually found to be kind of more plausible, though, because so speculation exists that the campsite fell within the path of something called a Soviet parachute mine exercise. I have no idea what a parachute mine is, but it's an explosive parachute. Um, 
I'm assuming it comes down in a parachute. And then it explodes. And it explodes. Kind of like um, in the Hunger Games. This theory <laughs> alleges that the hikers woken by loud were la- woken by loud explosions. They fled the tent in a shoeless panic and found themselves unable to return for supply retrieval. After some members froze to death attempting to endure the bombardment of the parachute mines, others commandeered their clothing only to be then fatally, because, you know, there's some that were clothed and they were further away, Mm -hmm. um, only to be fatally injured by subsequent parachute mine concussions. So there are records of parachute mines being tested by the Soviet military in the area around the time the hikers were there. Parachute mines detonate while still in the air, Okay. Um, and then they fall rather than upon striking the earth's mm. surface and um, produce sig- signature injuries similar to those experienced by the hikers. Okay. Heavy internal damage with comparably less external trauma. So no yeah. like cuts and scrapes. The theory coincides with reported sightings of glowing orange orbs oh, floating or falling in the okay. sky within the general vicinity of the hikers and allegedly photographed by them as well. So okay. they found, like, actual photographs of, like, orbs in the sky. Wow. Okay. So, so now that you, you explained once it. Once I've spelled it out for you. Yeah. yeah. I thought but it was I one agree. of those. A lot of people are like, it must be it's that It's always government. a government cover-up. I, I mean, of course, I don't think, it might not have been a cover-up at the time, and it, who knows, it was most, more than likely not intentional. Um, it sounds like just, like, if this is what it was, wrong mm. time, wrong place, and then nobody realized until it was too late. Um, and then the last one, paradoxical undressing. I'm sure you've heard of this. Yeah. It's like when people take their clothes off when they're freezing to death. Because they get really hot, right? Their yeah. body, like. So, International Science Times posited that the hikers' death was, was all caused by hypothermia, hmm. which can induce behavior known as paradoxical undressing, in which hypothermic subjects remove their clothes in response to perceived feelings of burning warmth. It is undisputed that six of the nine hikers did die of hypothermia. However, others in the group appeared to have acquired additional clothing from those that had already died, which suggests that they were of sound enough mind to try and add layers rather than take them off. Yeah. So that could have at least explained why they were in their underwear. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, my personal favorite, Bigfoot. (laughs) The Yeti. The Yeti. That's no one has clearly. disproved that the Yeti could have had something to do with this. Well, no one's disproved that it yeah. was Santa Claus. But that doesn't mean. <laughs> well, there are reindeer herders on that mountain. <laughs> I know it's Santa. okay, so, but yeah. So like they found like the camera. So like here, I, I'm I, for everyone listening. I'm going to show her pictures of the nine or um, with those. I think that's the nine. The nine. They're total. very very attractive. And there are so many photos of like them looking like they are having the literal time of their life, like the days before. Like, they're joking and laughing. So the camera picked the photographs, like, make it look like they are, like, in good spirits. They all seem to be getting along. And then I found, like, this little graphic. This guy did it. (laughs) He looks (laughs) The one guy that turned away. Um, Oh, he's the one that lived. I think that he is the one. Well, he did so. That's why his name is in a different color. He looks. He does look very angry. Kind of attractive, though. I know. That's why he got away with it. Um, Like, I mean, just like, (laughs) like, they're all like being like super silly in the photos. Like, you see, they're like hugging each other and they're like making weird faces and like, look at the faces. That's weird. So, like, they seem like. The, based on the diary entries and the um this is where their bodies were found yeah so that's okay. the graphic he's a little red <laughs> oh, that's so, so like that and then like that and that is that the position they were found in too 
I don't know. Okay. I, I don't like, know if they went in that much detail. Specific. But you see that there's the ravine. That's the cedar tree. And this, those are the two. Yeah. And those are the other ones. So they were facing in the opposite direction. They were facing towards the tent. Yeah. So. Interesting. I don't know. I mean, clearly they were like in some sort of line and then they kind of just yeah. broke off. Yeah. So they, they may have all made it to the tent. And then the other the other four were like, I'm going to keep going. And yeah. then they were like, uh, we're turning back. And then maybe it was the two dying that might have been the reason why they split and, apart. And they did get off the path, right? So they could have been lost. I mean, yeah, they deviated from their original, like, trek up the mountain that day. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I don't think they were super familiar with where they were. But um, I don't know. It's also interesting that the one closest to the tent was, like, the third person found. Like, when they walk right past him. Because they found the was tent first. The they found the tent first. I have a picture of the tent, too, um, in the snow. Let me find it. There's a lot of pieces of paper here. Yeah, so that's the tent. See how it's covered in snow? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, so I think everything was pretty well preserved in the campsite, um, which is another reason why they didn't think it was an avalanche. That's that's really cold to be camping in that weather. Yeah, but I mean, they knew yeah. to a degree what they were getting into. It's like and the they people that climb seemed to Mount be smiling about it in those photos. <laughs> They're like, um, yeah, this is nothing. Yeah. And I mean, at 59, who knows what kind of clothing they had on the yeah. tweed. But they were all also experienced. This wasn't their first time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's it. What well, do that you what do you think it was? I think it was more likely I don't know. I guess they haven't had any avalanche. That my first thought was an avalanche, but I don't know. I lean towards the catabatic winds. Yeah. And the military testing. Yeah, I would say the winds for sure would be and my they, first. They guess. undressed either because they were asleep. Or yeah. hypothermia. Or they did some sort of weird drug <laughs> and were all well, tripping out. Well, they were tested. Yeah. One of the bodies was even exhumed not too long ago. Oh, really? Yeah, but they didn't find anything. Yeah. It, I think it had to be something nature-related. Yeah. Um, my initial thought was like, oh, somebody like killed these people, but obviously that doesn't seem... Or like they saw a bear or something. I don't know. That yeah, wouldn't really but explain you... very much... But I don't know. I would want to retreat to the tent and then, I mean, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't explain like being, oh, I forgot about the tree part. See, to me, that would make more sense with an avalanche. Really? That's what you want to do in an avalanche? You want to climb a tree? Well, you can't really outrun it. So you want to get like high. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't think that helps. You think that makes you more dangerous? Well, I don't know. I, I have know. no I idea. I know nothing about avalanches <laughs> of any kind. I just know the little dogs can come and save you in the end. In <laughs> <laughs> all those movies, I'm uh, under here. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's gonna be the worst. So, from what I see, you looks like you have like a Google oh, map picture. No, this is actually. I just. Um, this is old. This is actually my wedding venue. I just used the back of this. <laughs> Because I hand, I hand wrote. Oh my god! Is that the satellite image of your? <laughs> yes. I was like, what could her topic possibly be? It has nothing to do with she any has of this. A satellite ge- yes, GPS sorry. image. I hope, I hope I didn't get you too excited. Um, so, <laughs> you hand wrote yours first. <laughs> yes. Well, I did it like during lunch, and you know. Today. 
yesterday. Okay. Oh, I got a head start half half hours. yesterday, half today. Okay. Uh, my handwriting is not the best on this, but um, so I was inspired by this episode's uh, this week's episode of Ninety Day Fiance before the ninety days, um, <laughs> which is one of my favorite shows. Um, <laughs> Have you ever heard of Yahoo Boys? <laughs> no. <laughs> so Yahoo Boys are, uh, and my my uh, sources are uh, from an article in Wired um, called "The Nigerian Email Scammers Are More Effective <laughs> Than Ever," which kind of tells you what they are, oh and then gosh. also an article um, f- called uh, "Meet the Yahoo Boys: Nigeria's Undergraduate Con Men" by Oladayo Tade. <laughs> I even looked up how to pronounce it, and I couldn't find anything, because mm. I didn't want to sound stupid, but oh well. Well, um, you probably did better than I did. <laughs> so they are, Yahoo Boys are named after the Yahoo Internet service. Um, they are young Nigerian scammers who use the internet basically to con people Great. Um, in developed countries and to giving them money. Um, I'm sure we've all gotten an email from one of I them. I have never gotten an email like that. Have you? Oh, yeah. I've. Uh, it's been a while, but it used to be like, yeah, like you've never gotten like the Nigerian prince. And no, I've never gotten that. Either I. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm, don't I feel open left my out. email or maybe I That's just probably like, don't have enough money. <laughs> they know no, they don't what they're getting they, into. No, they looked at where you are. So there's, yeah, I, I think you would definitely be a target. Um, so they're typically Nigerian college students who are struggling to find jobs. Uh, the economy in Nigeria is, is not great, obviously, and there's a lot of corruption. So they've kind of turned to crime. Okay. Um, s- what happens is several of these, quote, Yahoo boys, they kind of band together and they um, they kind of use each other's resources and then they will all put in money and buy a generator so that they can make sure their computer is running 24-7 just to oh. constantly be, you know, so they can be at the beck and call of these people. Um, they typically target individuals and small businesses. Uh, the FBI estimates that uh, between 2013 and 2016, um, $5.3 billion were lost from the business email um, scams. Um, so they have kind of two main ways of targeting people. They will either do like phishing emails or they'll do like, um, online, um, like online dating websites. Okay. So for the phishing emails, they will send the emails out. They kind of do like a broad, um, I can't remember what they said it was called, but basically they'll just go to different websites and just try to, um, or different businesses, and they'll um, just send massive emails and see, like, who takes the bait kind of thing. Mm. Um, when an employee... Michael on the office. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when the Niger- when the second deposed prince of Nigeria calls you, <laughs> you give him the money. Or I can't remember what the line was. Yeah, um, so they entice employees to click a link, which once the person clicks the link, they expose the person or the company to malware, malware, which um, basically um, gives the scammers all the information about the company. Um, They'll even go as far as impersonating someone within the company. They'll set up email redirects, and they will um, doctor invoices with their own banking info on it so that the money will get sent to them instead of, like, the actual company. Um, 
as tech savvy as this sounds, they actually aren't that tech savvy. They're just more methodical and just very like dedicated to like, you know, they don't give up. Um, It sounds like something that happened to my mom. I kept thinking about your mom (laughs) and that story. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened. But they're like from Nigeria. Yahoo boys are. Um, okay, because the person who called her, I don't think, was from well, Nigeria. He said, you know, he said he wasn't. It didn't sound like he oh, was from okay. Nigeria. Okay. That's what I'm saying. No accent. Well, I mean, this, yeah, this obviously happens everywhere, not just Nigeria, but I think these um, group of Yahoo boys became I just think a I've thing. Heard by Yahoos. <laughs> yeah. Well, what sets them apart is that they um, kind of reminds me of the those people that were robbing Paris Hilton. Um, they f- would flaunt all their money and like take pictures on Facebook, oh. and um, you know people would get skeptical because they'd see these rundown houses with like a Hummer or like a really nice car <laughs> parked outside. Of course, because that's what you need is yes. a Hummer when you're trying to go through college. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Um, Another thing that's common is that um, they'll have, like, informal networks. So they'll have usually an insider in the bank that is one of the bank employees that will help with, like, routing the money and, you know, doing yeah, whatever so they need to. Yeah, so how do they get the money to them? Uh, it's all electronic, I'm Yeah, guessing. it's all wired. Um, okay. They usually, I think they usually, they said they use Wells Fargo usually. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, um... And then, yeah, so it's kind of like they use these connections. They set up fake identities to access the accounts. Um, They'll also use, like, family members to help them out. Um, And then with, so with the online dating, um, which is kind of how it came up on 90 Day Fiance, this this 50-something-year-old woman is dating, quote-unquote, this Nigerian guy. I think I've heard of this person, because other he's people in his in my 20s. work watch it. Yeah, and the wife was like, or the wife, the friend was like, are you sure this isn't a Yahoo boy? And I was like, my mom and I were like, what is One that? One is a Yahoo boy, so yeah. you Googled it? Yeah, we asked, we asked Alexa, actually, and she used <laughs> um, a very credible source called Wiktionary. <laughs> <laughs> and they refer to it as um, men who use the 419 or commit 419 fraud, which is, like, the code used for this type of fraud in Nigeria. Okay. Yeah, so for the dating aspect, which is basically the easiest way, rather than doing this whole phishing thing. Oh, they legit date somebody. Well, online. online. So um, they interviewed this one guy, and he said that he would pose as, like, a guy who divorced or lost his wife, and, um, you know, they kind of learn all the right things to say to these people they try to find people who aren't tech savvy um and they said they would even (laughs) um they would even like they had like a voice changer and they would use it to make it sound like a woman's voice so it could be like their mom and their mom would be like oh i can't wait for you to meet my son and things (laughs) like that they said they would never actually like put themselves in a situation where they would meet the person but, you well, know. if you're in Nigeria and you're talking to someone yeah. in a different country, I can see how that would work. Yeah, so that's why it's like, yeah, on 90 Day Fiancé, like, they always actually end up meeting each other. So, you know, it's not to that extent. So the jury's still out on whether this guy's a Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he is, he's he's broke broken the code because you're never supposed to meet the person. Oh, yeah. Although, technically, she hasn't met him yet, so we'll see. Oh. She's going to Nigeria to meet 
to meet Because this is before the 90 days. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes they'll wire the money through China and Asia before going to Nigeria, I guess, to make it not so obvious that it's going to Nigeria. Um, so let's see. And they say a lot of the reason why, like, more of these people in the banks are kind of, like, you know, turning to the the um, scamming is because um, the banking industry is kind of going downhill. There's been over 2,000 bankers have lost jobs, and so that makes it easier um, for criminal activity because there's less people to monitor what's going less on. Oversight. Yeah, so um, they say the best way to protect yourself or your company is to use a, a two-identification method of, um, like, verifying your identity. Two you show two different forms of identification well, to verify. Well, no, who you like, are. Um, like if you were to sign into something, like maybe two different, like two logins. Like you log into this, and then you have to log into that. Oh, I don't know. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> or like, um, how many passwords can I possibly forget in a day? <laughs> right. Well, what they do at my work, they also said this is um, if you get an email outside of your company, yeah. it'll say this has been sent from an outside source. That happens at mine too. Yeah. Well, because my where I worked actually, we got um, <laughs> you got somebody. Not I don't. Might have been Yahoo, but somebody. <laughs> um, yeah, somebody. Uh, what do you call it? Not Condos, but. Um, Stole the identity. Broke into the... Broke into the system. Thank you. I believe the word I was looking for was hacked. <laughs> it, sorry, it just came to me. I was like, why can't I think of this word? And then they... And then Look they, on like, your face when you said that. I, and then they were, like, demanding, like, a certain amount of bitcoins. And that was the first time oh. I learned what bitcoins were. <laughs> for your job. Yeah, at, at my current... At, at the overall corporation, yeah. not my specific okay. um, job. Yeah, but that, well, that yeah, after like that, what happened to my mom. Yeah, after that, they started, like, now they do all these, like, phishing tests where they send, like, <laughs> these fake emails to see if you click on it. And then if you click on it, like, something goes to our supervisor, and then, like, oh, so your it's name from, gets, like, read out. It's from, oh, really? Like, they shame well, they, you. Well, they talked about it in our um, supervisor's <laughs> meeting. They're like, this person, this person, you guys both are on the list for clicking on the link. And you both of them careful. were like, I haven't opened my email in three years, so it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> sure they did. Well, like, I remember when my husband and I were first dating, my mom totally gave her her com desktop computer, like, a virus because she wanted to download a background <laughs> Like some sort of decorative background, and I remember like it, like my husband had to like try and help her, and he's like, "It's probably not a good idea to click on links like that." Yeah. And then what happened to her more recently, like five or six years ago? So like someone called her yeah. on the phone and said it shows like in our system that you haven't updated your like software, so like I can help you with that, and like an it. Like, how would they be able to know if you hadn't downloaded Well, that's stuff? why they target people that are less <clears throat> and tech And it totally savvy, worked. That know and, that. and then she was like, okay, sure. Like, I, I'll, I'll update my stuff for you. Aww. And then she, you know, and they ended up freezing her computer and she couldn't get in her computer. And they're like, oh, you have to give us money in order for us to unfreeze it and do the service for you Aww. or whatever. And then so she totally gave him money. And then he's like, okay. And then he's like, I need a little bit more. And then my mom, after the second time, she was like, okay. 
this is never weird. mind this is weird and then she actually she called the police Good. and the police even came out and like talked to the guy on the phone and pretended to be her fake son oh that's so funny and i was like oh i i'm her son so um i'm trying to help her and then he hung up but then i remember coming back over and being like what is this weird phone number on the on the um call id and it's like oh that's the guy that's trying to take my money he called back he kept he called back for like weeks after (gasps) trying to get her so she ended up throwing away her computer and that's when she told you she put it in she threw it in the dump No, she literally took it to the city dump. <laughs> oh, that's sad. So that's why she has um, a laptop now. It's because of that. Oh. It's too <laughs> bad the police couldn't do anything more, I, especially if yeah. they kept calling. But it wasn't, I don't think it was that ballsy. much money. It wasn't like thousands yeah, of dollars. But if they're anything. doing it to her, yeah. you can only it, imagine. It was probably like, I think tops, maybe like a hundred bucks. But um, yeah. But at the same time, I was like, mom, okay, now you know. Like if... I said to her, I was like, how would these people know that you hadn't updated your information? And then she, like, really thought about it. And she's like, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. And I was like, you just have to think about these things before you commit but it's, to them. But it kind of goes back to the psychology of, like, when we're told to do something, we kind of go along with it. Because yeah. Because we trust people. And yeah. Especially if it's something with, like, computers. And they're like, oh, you have to do this. Like, our first instinct is to be like, okay. So do they still do the Nigerian prince thing? Because I feel like that's very widely think, known. It's yeah, a scam not now. as much, but I, I think now it's more the inner the dating. Like they'll basically catfish people. They'll put pictures of somebody else and you okay. know some sort of story. So they're just like, "Give me money to come see you. Give me money to well, like a birthday gift. They'll say give me like, money. I need money for my family, or I need money for a plane ticket. So it's like a sympathy plea. Yeah, it's like Pulling I love you. Kind yeah, of I think they'll make it seem like they want to meet them, but then they won't actually end up meeting them. It's like, oh, I just need this or that. And I wonder how long they wait before they ask for money. Like, is it like a week, a day? I don't know. I would think It'd it probably depends desperate. on the. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, never mind, buddy. Yeah, I feel like yeah, someone I had never met needed money, and it was on a dating website. Yeah. Red flags are going up all over for right. me. But there are people that just, it doesn't occur to them that someone. They need would to call Ellen. <laughs> Ellen can give them some money. <laughs> yes, she'll give all I the don't Nigerian know. princes some money. <laughs> no, like if it was like a real issue. Yeah. I don't know. I, I remember one time I got an email from a friend that I used to surf with, and it was saying that she and her husband had. Something had happened. They were traveling, and something had happened, and, um, like, they needed money or something. But the way it was worded, like, I kind of believed it for a minute. Not – I wasn't going to send her money because I, I automatically, like, called her to see. But, like, it freaked me out because it used, like – I think her husband's name might have been, like, Michael or something. But it was, like, she called him Mike, like, which is what she calls him in real life. And it was, mm. like – it, it was just way too real. And it was, yeah. like, directly from her email. But it wasn't her? No. No, it wasn't. See, that's so creepy how people yeah. can get into your stuff like that. Yeah, and it's getting, like, more and more. I think they're getting more and more yeah. savvy at yeah. it. And it's, it's scary. Cause, and then have you heard of the ones where it's, like, people get a phone call? I, I've heard of this. I don't know if it's on. For your taxes? The IRS? Well, I've heard of that. But people get a phone call, like, from their kid. 
or oh. it sounds like their kid and they're like i've been held hostage help me <gasps> i have never yeah, heard of that that's I, yeah. terrible it's like a, i don't know if it's like a recording or something and they're like oh you have to how do they these. know what their kid sounds like i don't know or maybe they're just so freaked out yeah i don't i don't know if they somehow they're so know. freaked out that they like believe them but i bet you for every person that they dupe there's got to be a ton of people who are like yeah screw you Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I we know, we know one of our friends got called and, and they were told that they were gonna like get in trouble with the yeah. IRS because they they like didn't pay the correct amount of money and she was like, oh no, oh my gosh, and yeah, because um, you hear that you're the like, way the wording that they use they like really you know convinced her and yeah. when she was telling me I was like I would have absolutely fallen for that yeah and then um but the way they wanted her to pay was was like. I know that we're going to get corrections on this because her <laughs> husband's a big listener. Shout out. Um, <laughs> but the way they wanted her to pay was like via some sort of gift card or something like yeah. that. Because, you know, those are untraceable. And uh, then, yeah. you know, he came home and he tried to talk to them, like kind of like the cop situation with my mom. And he's like, well, I'm her accountant. Like, what's the deal? And then they like hung up or whatever. <laughs> they couldn't give their like certification or ID number. And then they were the ones that told me like the IRS never, ever, ever calls anybody. Yes, yeah, yeah, every single that. agent has like a number, like an ID number that they can yeah. give to you. It's all via the paper. It's in the mail because right. like, it's like federal. Oh, because it's traceable. Yeah. So I was like, okay, if I ever get a number from the IRS, I yeah, know if you ever get some weird. <laughs> but if they hadn't told me that, I would have been so susceptible because, like, like her, I would have feared. Yeah, you don't want to get trouble. sent to jail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I probably well, would have been the same way. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. Especially, See, like, I wouldn't have fallen for, like, what my mom fell for or, like, a dating website. But something like that, I totally would have fallen for. Yeah. yeah. And if I had a kid and it sounded like my kid was being held hostage, I could, I could probably right. fall for I would that, do, too. Right. You would do anything. Mm-hmm. I'll have to look more into the whole – with the, the phone calls from the – like, the kids and see how they do that. I don't know. It's like how they're hacking into your Alexa and saying that they're Santa. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. They were, and they were <laughs> hacking into the, the ring – doorbell thing oh the yeah because i almost got that for my mom and then my fiance was like no don't it, everyone's <laughs> hacking into it and it's actually like you're more unsafe than safe from it yeah because now they can see oh, that's so oh, creepy it's like smart house from disney <laughs> except the creep oh well i guess that did turn a little dark <laughs> yeah she tried to kill them all well i don't know if she tried to kill them but she tried to you know, keep them in the house foreshadowing when you think about it yeah like, we really terminator houses now yeah <laughs> and they're called smart phones and mm-hmm. smart tvs mm-hmm. oh. the machines are all coming for us yeah so don't go hiking and don't use the <laughs> internet that's the takeaways <laughs> from this episode so um <laughs> make sure to check us out on instagram and this is the part i don't get email us at gmail at um the part i don't get at gmail.com and check out our facebook at this is the part i don't get please feel free to send us anything that you don't get and we will look it up for you. Yes. We are glorified <laughs> right. Google searchers. Look forward to seeing some of those pictures <laughs> later. All right. See you later.